You are now entering Nick and Mello's hyperspace. Hello, I'm Carmelo, and I think my favorite scene in Return of the Jedi is the bike speeder scene. I love the fact that there's no music. We're so used to music in Star Wars, and there's it's just the sound of the speeders. I love that. Oh, that's a fun scene. Um, I'm Nick, and my favorite scene in Return of the Jedi has to be when Luke throws down his saber and confronts the Emperor. I think that's just very powerful, very moving, and one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. Awesome. In our journey through hyperspace, we examine everything and anything Star Wars from the point of view of two lifelong fans, one young, one old, who came together through the will of the Force. And in this episode, we are going to do a special treat for you guys. We're going to talk about Return of the Jedi, since this year marks the 40-year anniversary, as many of you may know. And this is something new we're kind of doing. When we started this podcast, we didn't really want to do the movies per se, um, but we did Rogue One uh, before Andor came out and it was very popular. And we Mm. thought, let's just make this a new thing. Maybe every anniversary or special occasion, we'll talk about a movie. So I thought this was a perfect occasion to do an episode on. Absolutely. And Return of the Jedi is actually, it's, it's a movie that I remember standing in line on the first day for the first showing in Puerto Rico. I don't remember when I saw Empire. I don't remember like the day of when I saw New Hope, but I remember Return of the Jedi. I remember the line. I was with my sister and my best friend, Eduardo, and it was, it was I was so excited. It was just so exciting. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when did you see Return of the Jedi? Do you remember? Well, as many of you know, I was not born when Return of the Jedi came out. So. One young, one old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, Return of the Jedi, I saw it, I guess, I watched the prequels first, so I saw it after that, so probably 2006, 2007, somewhere in there, I guess. Oh, interesting. Uh, And the thing I really liked about it was all the Luke and Vader stuff, and that's still true to this day, and re-watching it, which we both did before this, is I appreciate it more than I used used to. Um, It used to be, I mean, I think it still is my least favorite of the original trilogy, but... It's got a lot of good stuff in there, and I really enjoy the movie. Yeah, I, I have come to appreciate Return of the Jedi quite a bit. I, I'm, I'm like you, if I had, if I had to rank them um, of the original trilogy, um, I, I would put this one at the bottom. But that doesn't mean that I, I really enjoyed it when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some things that I have grown to love. Um, I, I remember not loving the Jabba the Hutt scenes. And now I really like that whole palace scene with Lando showing up and Chewie showing up and Leia showing up and Luke showing up. Um, it's sort of like, you know, all reuniting themselves in there. You know, it's one of the really interesting things about Star Wars that when you're young and you watch them, you are a certain person. But when you're older, you see other things and you enjoy other things. Um, clearly, there are elements of nostalgia attached to it, but it's not the only thing. I mean, as a grown man, there are things that I see very well that I just wouldn't have seen at age 18 when I saw the film. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to grow with the films. That's a, that's a good point. Um, when I saw this, I was maybe 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that okay. age range. Okay. So for me, I was kind of the target audience, but at that point in my life, I was kind of trying to be grown up and mature. And as you do <laughs> when you're becoming a teenager and, right. you know, I didn't like the Ewok stuff. I didn't, care for the silly jedi rock song when i was a kid i thought this was kind of weird um little things like that but now that as an adult i just kind of accept it and embrace it for what it is mm-hmm. even if i don't necessarily love them they're still fun 
that's kind of at the end of the day, that's what Star Wars is. It's just supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be so serious. I had I have had this sort of this is my reaction to Ewoks. Yeah. I sort of like like them, then I don't, then I do, then I don't, then I do, then I don't. Um and it just sort of depends on from which side of the bed I wake up. Um <laughs> have you my my husband always saw us like, oh my God, that's merchandise. Oh my god, it's merchandise. It really is. Have you have you I don't know if you've seen the sitcom How I Met Your Mother? I have not. I so one of the characters on the show, he's, I think most of the characters on the show, they like Star Wars. And one of the main characters, Barney, has a theory about Ewoks. His theory is that if you love them, you were a child when you saw Return of the Jedi. And if, you're, if you don't like Ewoks, it's because you were an adult. You were over 18. <laughs> so that's his theory. And when he meets the girl he's dating and she said, oh, I, I don't, I like Star Wars, but I don't like those Ewoks. And he's like, when did you see the movie? And she's like, oh, I was like in my early 20s. And he's like, that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, I, for my book, I was reading a lot about all these movies and Lucas originally thought of Wookiees mm-hmm. as being in the Battle of Endor. Uh, but we, he didn't want, I think, I think the phrase that he used, he didn't want space-faring species to be battling the empire. He wanted a, um, a group of people that didn't have the technology. Um, and so that's why we ended up with Ewoks instead of Wookiees. And we don't get a Wookiee planet until Revenge of the Fifth. Of the Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> Sorry, this is like, like Star Wars Day happened four days ago. And, and I'm like, I can't say fourth <laughs> and fourth and sixth and fifth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we don't get we don't get um, the Wookiee planet Kashir Kashik Kashik um, Please, fans, don't kill me for not remembering the name of the planet. Um, and so it's really interesting that you know they remain furry, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they got smaller. Yeah. Um, and they have very primitive technology, very savvy, interesting, effective technology, but not not high technology like the Empire. Um, so I've always I I've always thought about that as a really interesting shift. Um, that it, the idea began with Wookiees, but then they needed to create a species that was sort of technologically uh, less advanced than the Empire. So the victory is even more wonderful, even more satisfying, and more impressive, uh, and more impressive yeah. in the way that they do it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You know, Return of the Jedi is also the slave layup of films, so it's. Yes. It, it's really interesting to see the sort of the repercussions of this and the reactions of the fans, the reactions of Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah. As far as I understand, she was not a big fan of the. She of the, was not. Yeah. Uh, I, which I never had an opinion on it, but I could understand that would be a little awkward on set and just maybe feeling inferior. I don't know how she felt exactly. I don't want to put words in the lady's mouth, but. Um, it, it's definitely, it was a different time. It, it was an objectifying sexualized object right? with that costume. Um, and it's really interesting to read. I've read a lot of blogs about cosplayers who cosplay this, this um, the sort of metal bikini as they call it. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting how a lot of women embrace it because it's about displaying their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you, you probably the audience probably knows that there's lots of men that do this too regardless of their size regardless of how muscly or not muscly they are um, and so it's, it's really interesting how different people 
cosplayed for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like the idea of it because it's it it shows how Jabba is purposefully demeaning Leia by turning her into a chained woman in a metal bikini. Um, and and a, a lot of there's this really interesting sort of conversation about uh, Leia is using the chains of slavery to strangle Jabba. So yeah. they're oppressor. Yeah. So it's really interesting that even though it is a sexualized, objectifying costume, uh, but narratively it really works, at least for me. At yeah, least I, for me. Yeah. I like that. I've, uh, you know, as like I said when I was a kid, I did not think of these things. It was just oh, me neither. No. Woman in a bikini, you know. You see that on TV and movies all the time. It wasn't like anything out of the ordinary for me. But as an adult who's matured and kind of become more self-aware of those issues, especially that I don't really know about because I'm a man, mm. um, it's fascinating. And I, I, I can understand. I've seen, like you said, I've seen women embrace that because it um, highlights their sexuality and makes them feel powerful in some ways. Right. But I also right. understand the other side where some women find it dehumanizing and mm-hmm. kind of um just not not what they want to be portrayed as they're more than just their appearance and i can understand both sides of the argument so yep it's it's both in a way it's both both. it's just yeah yeah. it just depends how you take it right um you can't you can't take out the objectifying part right it's always Uh, there you can also sort of see it in a different way so that's that's all about perspective yeah 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 yeah. absolutely i'm glad you you brought that up i didn't know you were going to talk about that so oh no it's in my notes it was sort of like this this is the moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Leia has been covered from neck to ankle mm-hmm. <laughs> in all the in the other two movies, and now and and all of a sudden, it's just like we can see everything. Well, right. almost everything, right? <laughs> almost everything. Pretty close. Do you have a? Um, you talked about the um, sort of Vader Luke relationship. Can mm. you talk a little bit about? Uh, how you how how you like that and why you like it and and sort of your thoughts about how the scenes and the movie treat that sort of father son yeah. um, connection. I, I I've always said that you know the, those are my favorite scenes in the movie and I think that still holds true. Um, I think everything handled with Luke and Vader and the Emperor is like perfect and kind of just like the thesis statement of Star Wars in my mind. Um, I just enjoy the the subtle especially Vader, this subtle, you can see that he's conflicted. Um, I know Luke says it a million times, but this, the one scene that I've always hits me like right in the, right in the feels every time is when he says, let go of your hate. I I can feel the conflict in you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Vader says, it's too late for me. And just a very, you know, every time we see Vader, he's menacing, he's very uh, aggressive and very just opposing. Uh, And that's the first time I felt like Vader was like humanized in a way. Like he felt Mm -hmm. But he's like showing, he's taking off the mask metaphorically in that moment. To yeah, me. You're, you're right. It's just beautiful. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, of course, when he is unmasked, that's another one of my favorite scenes in all Star Wars. It's mm. just like, wow. Um, and I know there's a lot of people. I think a lot of people are f- they're familiar with the famous I Am Your Father, you know, that trope of Vader. There's so many people who I, I know have never seen Star Wars. When they learn and I tell them that Vader's redeemed, they're like, no way. How does that there's like that doesn't does make any sense. Yeah, I was like, you gotta watch it. They're just they, they know of the tropes, but when they 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 find out that they're just like blown oh, away. Oh, interesting. Oh, I've had that happen a few times when people are like, oh, you like Star Wars? And I've had that discussion with them, and they're like, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It happens. 
the the scene that you just mentioned, which is the one in Endor, right? When when uh, Luke is captured, and he turns himself in right before yeah. they go back to the Death Star. Yes, uh, that is a wonderful scene. I bridge. I always I always recommend when people ask me like, what order should I do the movies? I always ask them to do four or five, one two three. Oh, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Because it's really interesting to read, to watch the prequel as a flashback. Like the moment that you know that Vader is Luke's father, it's such a perfect moment there to go back, watch the prequel, understand Anakin Skywalker. Mm. So when you see Return of the Jedi, it is different. And you see that other Vader that is not just the villain. It all makes sense. It all fits so nicely, so so nicely. When I teach my class, that's the order in which we watch them in class. That's cool. Um, gonna, and, I think and, I'm and, do that. and and it's because of that moment. It's because of that moment. That moment where you see a vulnerable, or a, or a, more of a human, um, Anakin inside of Vader, in that scene with Luke. Um, it 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 really sort of brings the flashback, which in 1983 we didn't have. But right. it's 2023. We have it we, now. So it's all on Disney Plus. <laughs> and it's all on Disney Plus. <laughs> I, I, I've never watched that order like that. Maybe I'll try oh. to rewatch it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, sounds yeah. very interesting. And it makes sense. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I, I didn't I didn't make this up. This was somebody, oh, I, I, I think I've heard this before. Somebody but, somebody mentioned it to me and I watched it at one point and I said, Oh, this is really nice. That's, that's so when people ask me what order, that's the order I say. That's that's, that's a good order. I, I like that. I like I said, with the in my opening in the intro, I talked about Luke throwing his lightsaber away as well, and uh, just Luke as a character. This is like, you know, I know Luke's the main character of the original trilogy, but this is really his movie in my eyes. Uh, oh yeah, more, more so than the other oh, two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he just, it's really cool just to see him embrace mm-hmm. not just the the love for his friends, but the kind of rejection of the old ways. Um, and of course, we get. I love that's why I love the sequels and other material that's come after Return of the Jedi. That's kind of just made this movie more impressive in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's really enhanced this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Just the famous "I'm a Jedi like my father before me" is like the most powerful and just heck yeah statement in my life. I just get so excited. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's, it's so, so great. Beautiful. It's so simple I, but elegant. One of the things that I wanted to talk about that I, I see very little talk about this. I parentheses i want to write about music in star wars i i don't know how i don't know how i can get this published but i really want to to do this the soundtrack for return of the jedi is a soundtrack that i like very much when it came out and it is a soundtrack i actually adore now Hmm. Uh, i have loved what john williams has done uh, not only in terms of sort of the legacy that he had already created with New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, that he sort of continues a tradition of a certain kind of music, but there are so many wonderful melodies and there's, it's really interesting how he's using sort of mid-century modern music in classical music, mm-hmm. uh, the Jabba the Hutt theme. It's, it just sounds, it just sounds like, ultra modern music from the 1950s and early 60s um and it's just every time i hear it it's sort of like whoa this is like calling back to that really interesting moment 
that at, at the time in the 50s was considered radical music, like absolutely radical music. Mm -hmm. um, and he's using it now for a dramatic effect. Um, and it, it's, just, it's just absolutely marvelous, absolutely marvelous. Uh, the music for the battle, above Endor, the sort of it's a trap kind of moment, that music is just marvelous. It's I intense. love the March of the Ewoks. It, it, they're just, it's just filled with absolutely delightful, wonderful, and fascinating music. And I, yes. I wanted to sort of take 30, 60 seconds of our podcast yeah. um, to sort of recognize <laughs> and praise um, a music that is not one of the ones that people talk about a lot. Really Everybody don't. talks about the Imperial March. Everybody talks about New Hope. Uh, but the music in, in Return of the Jedi is it's really quite wonderful. I just listened to it yesterday again. <laughs> yeah, I think you and I talked before. You went and saw um, Return of the Jedi in concert. Is that correct? Um, no, I went to see... Oh, yes, yes. Actually, yes. You did. Actually, yes. I went I'm, to see Return of the Jedi in concert. Because I'm actually going to see The Force Awakens in concert. And I asked you about your experience. Yeah, yeah it, that was pretty marvelous. Number one, so being surrounded by fans, watching the movie was great. Yeah. And having the Chicago, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra wow. perform all of the music was just absolutely delightful. Absolutely that sounds really delightful. intense. Oh. I, and I went to see Return of the Jedi a couple of weeks ago when it was re-released for the 40th. Yes. Um, and I was telling Nick um, how beautifully diverse the audience was. There was an Asian American family mm. like with like four kids. There was a Mexican couple next to me. Um, you know, older men like me sitting in there. There was an old, old, old black woman who was all excited about watching it again. It was just so That's delightful cool. to have this sort of little snapshot of how Star Wars is for everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and having this sort of little slice of American, um, of American watching the, the film together. I went on the very first day at the very first uh, showing um, here in the Chicago area and it was just wonderful. I, I like that, that when you told me that that was really cool. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of, me kind of speaks on the themes that Star Wars, like you said, is for everybody. Everybody can relate to it. And the theme of Return of the Jedi is about family and uh, redemption and mm -hmm. overcoming fear. And I think mm -hmm. that's universal to the human experience. I don't think there's any person that has not have to face that at some point in their life. So I, that's really cool. That's reflected in the audience. So you get to see it with. There's a moment in the film that even to this day, I sort of, it's, it always feels a little odd. And it's when Leia discovers that Luke is her brother. I always feel like that scene, I don't know, needs to be rewritten, needs to be redirected. I, I wish like a fan film, I wish somebody would make a film recreating that scene. Because I always feel like there's something missing. Do you agree with me or do you do you like that scene? So I I've never really liked the idea of Luke and Leia being siblings. I always thought that was kind of odd. <laughs> oh, I it's, like that idea very much. Well, I just it's just what was in the previous films. <laughs> that just makes me feel weird. Um yeah, I've never enjoyed that scene. I kind of enjoy what I do enjoy about that scene is like Luke saying, you have that power too. You know, that's you can, beautiful. That's beautiful. And we yeah. eventually get to see that pay off uh, yeah. in the sequels, which is cool. But yeah, I didn't, I've never been a fan of the idea of it. It does feel wonky and weird to me, especially know that we, um, we know what happens in the prequels and we kind of see their birth and 
the whole Leia saying, I remember my mother, she died when I was very young and you were like 30 seconds old when she died. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, always... I understand that those inconsistencies are impossible to fix. Right. Um, it's, just, it's just, yeah. That I've I never... understand. It just, I, I, I always feel like something about her reaction needed to be different. I, that, that movie always pulls me out of the sort of fiction world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of turns me into a script, into a screenwriter, sort of like, maybe in a maybe a different way it's it's the only moment well, it's it, the only moment where i sort of feel like it, it, that it could have been done differently yeah i don't know leia's reaction to that scene kind of she just kind of accepts it doesn't really question it doesn't really ask how or why she just kind of sure yeah that makes sense i've always known I'm like that doesn't make sense to me how you've always well, known. and especially because 30 seconds before when she, when luke says vader is my father she her face is a face of disgust. Yeah. Her face is sort of like, oh. And so, you know, if you are Luke's sister, Vader is your father too. What is your reaction about that? Right. I, you see what I mean? You see what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and she, I, and she I, doesn't uh, even ask, like, are we... I felt, I felt like there was there's something missing there. Maybe it was written in the script and then, you know, taken out in the editing. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, one thing I, I would point to that is like, he says, you know, Vader's my father and you're my sister. Like, does she not say, she doesn't even question like, so does that mean we have different dads? Say mom. Like, how does that, she doesn't even question. She just, right, uh, right, 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 right. Uh, future material, thankfully, has kind of flushed that out. Like Leia's reaction to Vader being her father. And mm-hmm. of course he, you know, famously in A New Hope, he tortures her. And right. of course, Vader, I'm sure Vader doesn't know that's his daughter and vice right. versa, but it's still just, right. but still in hindsight, it's like, wow, that's, that's very messed up and very like troublesome for Leia, you know? Yeah. That's, I, have a, I have a student this semester who is doing a whole final project on torture in Star Wars. Oh, wow. And, very, and she's brilliant. So I'm really excited to see what, what she does with it. Really that's going to be exciting. interesting. I was in a Star Wars festival this weekend um, and I went to see a documentary and I met the director and he gave me a copy of the film. It's called Force Within Us. Um, it was a film that was finished in 2012, um, but it was not released until much later. Um, and so it's, it predates the purchase of, Dis- of Disney, the purchase of Lucasfilm by Disney. But the last part of the film talks a lot about, um, he goes to the Redwoods in California where the Battle of Andor was filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some really wonderful scenes of bringing all his action figures to recreate the scenes and taking pictures of 3PO and R2. And um, it, it's just a delightful scene. But it, one of the really interesting things in the film is that he gets to interview the Ewok handlers, the group of people, I think mostly women, who would help the Ewoks every day put the costume on. Um, and it was really, really interesting um, sort of listening to them about the filming of those scenes and the filming in a forest. I think it was like a two week period um, that they were there. So if you, if you get a chance guys to see this, um, there are lots of really interesting things about it, but that last part um, in the Redwood forest was really, really quite interesting and very apropos to this. I actually told him, I am recording a podcast on Return of the Jedi tomorrow. So thank you very much for, yeah, that's really <laughs> for showing cool. your film. It was it was really quite wonderful. Really quite wonderful. I have a question for you, Carmelo. Yeah. Um, what is 
so what who in this movie do you think is your favorite out of all the characters is there i know you talked to your favorite scene was the bike chase but is there a character arc in this movie that you really enjoyed or appreciated You know, in the context of 1983, it was fun finally seeing Jabba. Okay. Because we had not seen him. In, he doesn't show up in the original version of New Hope. Right. Um, and, and they keep talking about the huts and they keep mentioning these things, but we have never seen them. Um, and so it's, it, that I found really interesting. And, and being, the, the last time I saw it, it was sort of like, he's 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 literally slimy yes (laughs) (laughs) um as a as a as a person as a dehumanizer of leia and everybody um so it was it was that i don't know how he was my favorite character but he was my most intriguing character in the film it was really marvelous finally get to see this job of the hot that han solo owed money to (laughs) right and what about you? So mine's going to be an easy answer um, for those people that know me. Uh, Lando Calrissian. I have enjoyed, uh-huh. I literally enjoyed just kind of, he's of not in the movie a whole lot, but his little, his kind of role in the Battle of Endor and his leadership oh, yeah. was kind of really cool. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure in 1983, when you saw the movie, last time he saw Lando, he kind of betrayed everyone. And then he did help them escape, but you're kind of like on the fence, right. like, is this guy right? whose side is is he on and uh just the subtle kind of him taking the falcon back and kind of using it in the last battle and the falcon being the one to destroy the death star right he's just great and i don't know the little guy that's in him with the cockpit i don't remember his name but he's just adorable i don't either he's delightful he's funny i I enjoy their banter and i love him yeah i just enjoy seeing lando kind of mature from the the kind of sleazy shady person to the general and leader of the rebellion so i love the comics, loved, um, the comic series that has the whole arc yes. of trusting Lando again. Yes, um, I have really enjoyed, really enjoyed that very, very much. Well, in uh, the comics too, we, I won't spoil much of it because you haven't got that hard ahead. But we get to see more of Lando, kind of take take a side in the rebellion and kind of work with them more, and kind of they mm-hmm. they earn his trust or he earns their trust. I guess mm-hmm. uh, it's really cool. I just enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it is. I think it is the movie that has grown the best for me. From the moment I saw it in 1983 to a week and a half ago when I saw it, it's quite wonderful. It is certainly not at the bottom when you put all the trilogies together. We won't mm. talk about that now. Um, but um, but I really like it. I enjoy I watching too. it very much. Any other things? I, I think I want to talk about um, later this year. We're releasing a Disney and Lucasfilm. They're releasing a book called A Certain Point of View. Yes. Um, they've done this before with um, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And the concept of this is like, it's an anthology series that mm-hmm. takes place during the films. Um, it's 40 short stories about background characters or characters that aren't in the movie, but are around at that time. Right. Um, and it's just really fun. There's tons of authors that have contributed and they've released some of the stories and some of the authors, they haven't released all 40 yet, but the book's supposed to come out, I think, in September of this year. So I'm very excited uh, yes. for that. Yes. I've liked the first two a lot. Some stories are better than others. Um, some I've enjoyed more than others, but I'm really just kind of excited to see what they do with Return of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've read the first one 
for Star Wars, for the first film, I have not started reading the One on Empire. I just got it recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read it this summer in preparation for the Return of the Jedi one. Is there any particular story that you personally want to see in the new version? Several, I actually. Okay. Um, I would love... I would love to know more about the singers in Jabba the Hutt's palace. Okay. Um, I'm really, I've always loved that scene. And I love, you know, the special edition has a different song. Mm-hmm. I love the original song. Laptinek is a song that I played to death when I was a kid. A kid, I was 18 when I was younger. Um, and so I love to know more about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because... And this is this is a reaction to the first book. Um, I'm curious to see what kinds of stories we're going to get about the characters that are in the second Death Star. Mm. Like, is it going to be the Praetorian Guards? Is it going to be more stormtroopers? Uh, like, who are the ones that they're going to pick um, to? to show the living and the happenings of the second Death Star. I'm really curious about that. Those are the two things. And what about you? I have, now that you're talking, I have a couple that come to mind, but the first one I thought of when I was watching the movie uh, this past weekend and I knew I knew this book was coming out, the scene where Luke turns himself into the Empire and he meets Vader on the bridge, the commander, I forget his name, but he said, I found this rebel. He was alone. He claims to be alone. All he had was his light, this weapon, and it was a lightsaber. I'm curious. I want to see Luke turn himself in, and I want to see the commander's point of view. Like, did oh. Luke just did Luke just walk up and say, "Hey, I'm turning myself in." I want to see his reaction. Like, this is easy, or I'm getting a promotion. Uh-huh. Uh, that uh-huh. sounds like a fun one. It could be an interesting one because uh, usually, for those of you, the audience that doesn't know, the the story is from that character. Like, major characters from the films will be in it, like Obi Wan, Luke, Han, Leia, but we'll see. The person they're interacting with instead of Han and Leia's interaction. So, right. And we kind of get their thoughts like, what is this person doing? Why are they doing this? This doesn't make any sense. But we know, of course, from seeing the movie, what's going on. So that's one I thought that would be fun. Uh-huh. Um, and I like the idea of the guards, but I want to know about the, the Praetorian guards, the Praetorian guards, the, the kind of, I don't know what they're called, the ambassadors or somebody that Palpatine steps away and talks to with the purple head. Oh, yes. We know a little bit about some of them, I yeah, think. From, it would be nice to know more who they are. Yeah. Yeah, like what yeah, kind yeah, of power yeah, yeah. do they hold? Or are they just kind of yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody that consoles with Palpatine on things? I don't know. I'd just be interested to see what they're about and kind of what their point is, on, their view you know, is on all this. Now my now my brain is going. I'm wondering if one of them will be 3PO and the Ewoks from the point oh. of view of 3PO. That oh. could be lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. Where it's sort of like, oh, my God, they think I'm a god. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that set. could be that could be a really fun story because 3PO has a really like particular personality mm-hmm. um, and it could be it could be a fun story so we'll we'll see what shows up yeah one more I thought of sure. uh, we see Mon Mothba in the briefing room and she says many Bothans have right have the Bothans the Bothans <gasps> many Bothans died to get us this information okay, that went straight up to the top that's the one I want which which we might see that in the comics because they've kind of already hinted at how they've discovered the second Death Star. So we might get to see that in the comics. But if it's in certain point oh, that of view, shows up that has shown up already in the comics. They've talked about the second Death Star and the workings of it. So, so maybe I'm still, I'm you got to you got to catch up. 
<laughs> I have a job, Mister. Hey, I do too. I know. <laughs> I understand that, but it, it's fun. So, no, summer is coming. Experience. I should have more time to, to catch up with my comics. But yeah, but that oh, would the be boffins, the boffins, the boffins, the yeah. boffins. That would be really interesting. Because as far as I know, I looked this up before. I didn't see anything about it in Legends about the boffins, and I don't. And nothing in canon, as far as I know. I, I don't, I don't think that know. story's ever been told, so I kind of want to know what it's about and who the Bothans are. I don't even know what a Bothan looks like. So, <laughs> actually, I don't either. So. I don't either. So, that'll be fun. All right. Anything else, fun. Nick? Uh, no, I, I, I can't think of anything. This I just, was fun. I we love Return of the Jedi. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious to see. You know, I was glad Celebration happened and people got to celebrate Return of the Jedi this year. Yeah. No, for Empire, they didn't really get to do that because of COVID. So, yep. um, hope hope to see more fun. They, there's so many fun figures and little merchandise is coming out to celebrate the 40th anniversary. So, I'm just just glad it's getting celebrated. It's it'll it's, be fun. It'll it's a fun, fun movie. Very fun movie. Thank you, Nick. Thank, Thank you, you audience. And um, hmm, it'll be interesting to see which film we do next. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> Take care, everybody. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs>